Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Manchester Football Social. The Wednesday Club. Evening. My name is Joe McGrath and welcome to the return of the Wednesday Club. I've got hey. a, I don't even turn your mics up yet and you're already chanting. This is the sort of alternative <laughs> view of the week of football uh, that is coming to uh, Manchester, coming back to the Premier League as things kick off on Friday night, Manchester United against Leicester City. And we're happy to tell you that the Wednesday Club will be here with you Throughout the whole of the Premier League season. Oh, fantastic. My children will eat. <laughs> Your children will eat. Uh, we've had a, a wonderful time uh, last season. And if you uh, were there with us, uh, you can imagine that uh, Steve was sort of in the doom and gloom. So was Alex Boardman, who are our Manchester United correspondents. Yeah. Hello, Steve. Hello, Joe. And then Hello, one man. Hello, Cheese Man. One Hello, man Alex. had a smile on his face <laughs> from start to finish. He was Ian Cheeseman. Ian, you'll be joining us every week looking uh, after Manchester City side Can't of things. Wait. Everyone all right? We all good? Absolutely. I got a new bed. Did you hear it? You got a new bed? No, no. You did yeah. radio terms. <laughs> you know, right. I thought. Well, 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 yeah. I thought. I got I a new bed. I've seen that I know all that I've stuff. I've moved house. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, I know. You moved house. I've got a you needed a new bed. Yeah. Well, hey, it's going really well. It's water bed. It is water bed. Before, yeah, it was after. Twice. Let's not, let's not get into this. I want to talk quickly before we move on to our talking points about your summers. Ian, you made it clear that the summer for you is now kind of over. As soon as the final game ends and the first game begins that is your summer yeah even though we're on the 8th of august you, you know summertime's over yeah, for you feel, yeah absolutely and uh, the weather forecast is that it's going to deteriorate a bit now anyway in this country isn't it <laughs> i know it's like about 50 degrees if you're off to spain but over here i think it's going to dip a little so uh, yeah as soon as the football's back uh, it feels to me as if that's it summer done tell us about your summer then 
Ian, because you were in uh, America following um, uh, City. Do you class that as part of a holiday? I spent most of my summer in America, it felt like. I went for three weeks on a family holiday, which was something of sort of once-in-a-lifetime type of thing. Mm -hmm. Do your family only go on holiday once in a lifetime, is what you're saying? (laughs) I imagine it's that miserable. You can go to the West Coast and see places like San Francisco, LA and Vegas. and That that is something you don't do all the time. And then I went on pre-season and I got a sponsor for the vlogs that I do. And I went out and... Took him four. Four minutes to get his vlogs in. That's, that's a record. <laughs> Slow. James, you won the way. So your your family went back home, and then you stayed out there doing. No, I came home for ten days, um, and, uh, and then went back. Out. Then went back again. Oh, yeah. Okay. So and the, how was the trip? Body clock. City I'm still around. not right with my body clock. I went to uh, Chicago. City played the first friendly over there against Dortmund. Uh, then on to New York, where they played Liverpool, and then on to Miami, where they played my uh, Bayern Munich. Um, and met lots and lots of City fans in these different cities. Some of them were expats, some of them were proper Yank fans. Yeah. Uh, loads of passion, loads of friendliness, loads of enthusiasm, despite the fact that the squad that City sent out there was basically, um, you know, an EDS or a youth team or under-21s, whatever you want to say. Yeah. There were a couple of the mm-hmm. more senior players that went out there, Sane, for example. Um, but he Hart didn't play in the World Cup, so he, he, need, he needed to get on the pitch, exactly, really, didn't he? Exactly. Although he didn't play every minute of every game, but and there were a lot of youngsters, clearly Phil Foden and Brahim Diaz, got opportunities, Lucas Nemecha and people like that. Yeah. And we saw them, um, and it was just a fantastic experience. I loved every minute of it. It was very tiring, obviously, going from one place to another and sitting on the apron mm-hmm. of an airport when the other one at the other end is closed because of bad weather for three or four hours isn't the, much the fun jet, is it you the know, jet lag going backwards I've noticed is just that's the worst going it's horrendous isn't it yeah, so anybody, to jet lag any, already anybody <laughs> listening to this is thinking I wish well you know who can't afford to do this or isn't lucky enough to be able to go go I wish I could suffer from jet lag <laughs> so I'm not going to moan about jet lag right <laughs> Um, although it was pretty rare. <laughs> the fact like... that these people have even got a radio. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> they're doing boy. well. Uh, how was your uh, uh, summer then? We you went away? to well, It's still summer for me. It's August. It, my my fun does not top until about I'd say October time when it really dips it's the weather. You're in shorts, by the way, tonight. Are you in shorts? I don't know. No jeans. I'm in jeans. Why see, are you see, in shorts? Me and Steve are in shorts because it's still a summer. Still something. Well, right, we went. Right, we went to Skiathos. Just take my pants off, shall I? We, we went to Skiathos during the England World Cup campaign. Yes, tell me about that. And oh, I hang on, <laughs> Skiathos is that where they film Mamma Mia? It is. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia too was filmed in Croatia. But you didn't know. Yeah, oh yeah, do you know that? Yeah, okay. no, I've seen the film. I saw it in America a couple of times. All oh, right, a couple of times. Mr. Abba, you are the biggest Abba fan. You do. You Abba. Have you thought about doing an Abba vlog? Yeah, yeah, I've thought about doing that. Yeah, can you just keep that thought in your head and just leave it there, please? Very so for, the, for the love of God and all. I so know. I, I, <laughs> no, no, I was watching England abroad. Ah, uh, yeah, great campaign. The, the ridiculous thing was, we went to Skiathos eight years ago, and we had an we had an issue where England were playing then in the World Cup, and yep. that was when we got dumped out by Germany, I think it yeah, was. Lampard. It was embarrassing. I think it was the one where Rooney was moaning at the, uh, can't believe your fans are booing oh, us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can, mate. It was horrendous. <laughs> so this is eight years on, same island, and we got the same issue. She was like, I don't really, I don't think we should really watch England. And then it got to the point. Was this the Croatia game? That it was the watched? Belgium game. Belgium game, right. Oh, okay. I had to do a deal with my wife. Which one? <laughs> Which why? Oh, two Belgian. <laughs> no, which Belgian game? Don't let's the one in Chadderton, mate. <laughs> Not the one in Croatia. The one where they got beat. The first one, the first Belgium game. 
Yeah, I had, a, I had to do a deal with my wife. Um, that she could, after the after the night out <laughs> drinking and watching England, we could go back and uh, stream uh, Love Island on holiday. <laughs> the thing is, the Wi-Fi in You're the in hotel was that Island, bad, I had to leave my phone outside on the on the balcony and it had to, I had to stream that 4G signal into my iPad iPad, it cost me 50 quid. No. I had to, un- I had to unlock the I had to unlock the European block that Vodafone put on it so we could watch the rest of Love Island. It cost me 50 <laughs> quid. And, and on top of that, guess what? It was B-teams. It was Belgium. I watched the most the most boring game. <laughs> dead yeah, where they got the dead beat. rubber cost you fifty quid. Yeah, yeah, it was horrendous, mate. It was horrendous. <laughs> it, it was. It wasn't as bad as the eight years ago when England were awful. Because now I'm in love with England again. Are we all in love with England yeah. again? But here's what I'm going to get into. What is our? I didn't uh, see any of it. I was in the states on an eight-hour time difference. It. Didn't watch it. The only you're the only you and everyone that was in that Love Island are the only people that didn't, didn't watch England, didn't mate. Watch England. This is what I, I wanted did, to bring on, up. Hey, just let me get this straight. When I was when I was stood on the side of the Grand Canyon, whatever. Right, right watching that. That's right? not going to go anywhere, there, isn't and that? England thing? are playing Colombia. Do you think I'm going to be stood there streaming for fifty <laughs> quid while I'm stood on the edge of the Grand Canyon? I couldn't be bothered if you were standing. <laughs> you <couldn't> be <laughs> I couldn't be bothered if you stood. <laughs> in front of your grand's garden. <laughs> right, let's get on to what I You want. didn't watch England, you should have done. Is our main talking point at the start of the show, because uh, although he might have not watched it, what happened during the summer is we sort of fell in love uh, with the game of football, uh, not just, you know, the people who love football for the whole season, the old, the young, the people, my grand, you know, everyone sort of fell in love yeah. with the game of football because England sort of did well. Uh, groups of fan bases came together, you know, you could applaud, United fans could... Uh, Appreciate Sterling, appreciate uh, Did Walker. That really happen? I, can I, seriously, City fans can appreciate I, I don't get Lingard. That feeling from, I don't get that feeling from social media. I wasn't watching it, but I got the feeling there was still a lot of antipathy, and that fans of United would struggle to support Sterling. I'd only say some, and I'd only say, struggle. I'd only say some, and I'd only say some of the uh, just little the, the the people who wanted to be a pain were a pain during. Yeah, the that's what I think it was. So Steve was, was, Steve was element. <laughs> Whereas I think a lot of people just sort of put the differences to one side, and we, I mean we appreciated Tottenham players for uh, for a couple Harry Kane, well, the golden the golden boot. I mean what what a way to get it! <laughs> way to get it. <laughs> can we can we take the mick out of that? Yeah, because it was a lot of the penalties and stuff, wasn't it? And then as soon as the World Cup finished and we were out, we weren't out in sorrow. We were kind of a round of applause to the to the guys for yeah. what they did over there. And the build up to the Premier League is I've never I've never felt like people want it more. Maybe not United fans, uh, but I felt like you know. The, the love of the game was strong then and people just want if you're in championship or league one league two if you play football just on the park etc people wanted football in their lives and we are only a matter of days away before it returns to the Premier League it's obviously returned in the lower leagues so I just wanted to talk about football and your first love of the game now make sure I get this right when did you first fall in love with the game of football I want you to text me eight double seven double one. Give us a call 0345-117-625. Put it out on Twitter. Got a lot of responses. I'll get to them soon. But Steve, when you first locked eyes with football, well, it's hard. It's hard, isn't it? Because I had football in my life all, all my life from childhood, and you sort of you 
you, you, you grow up with it. You, I was playing football as a kid. We used to go to, we used to get, occasionally we'd get the chance to go to United games. I was always United. United were the best team ever. I couldn't afford a kit. So my mum, I bought a red, we bought a red shirt. My mum stitched this United badge on. It looked like the most horrendous thing he could ever, but it was my United shirt. We managed to make one out of nothing. And then uh, we used to go to Scotland. My dad, uh, my granddad was the, was a physio at Dundee United many, many years ago. So we used to pop in there, watch a few games there. I used to love watching football. Some teams I used to hate playing for, like Carver Cubs. I didn't like the manager <laughs> there, or Eileen Juniors was a bit of a struggle sometimes. But every now and again, like my my Italia ninety, I would say for yeah. me the the most significant standout moment in football when I was growing up, and that's a little bit older, was Italia ninety with Gaza, Lineker, New Order. All that stuff. It was just a great, great tournament. Got to the semis, got dumped out by West Germany on penalties, and we ended up... The only, the thing we ended up with was um, a match of the day, Pondit. About that was it. And then, <laughs> yeah, that was... A never-ending story of poor Gaza, but, um, yeah, that, did, that was it. Did them players United. stick out with you then? Any players that, you know, from United from them days that stuck out as maybe heroes for you? Brian Robson, for me, was just, like, the greatest. I just I just love watching Robson. And then when, when it got to the um, class of 92, it, it was Beckham. I used to love watching Beckham, mm -hmm. but Robson, I used to think he was the great. I mean, he was the captain, wasn't he? He was amazing. Everyone, I had his shin pads... <laughs> I had Robson, they were like massive, you know, like you would, like, I don't know what you'd do, like Ninja Wars in them or something, they were like massive heavy things, but um, yeah, I used to love Robbo, he's amazing, yeah. yeah. Ian, for you? Well, obviously I'm a little bit older, so um, uh, just like Steve. Stanley I mean, Matthews. I grew, up, like uh, <laughs> <laughs> I grew up loving football, so I can't put my finger yeah, on when it started, like, you know, yeah. it's just one of them things, yeah. but... And I used to have one of them swing ball things in the back garden that Peter Barnes used to endorse, where you kicked this ball on a thing, you know, it went round. Remember <laughs> Don't know what you're yeah. on about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Giant, giant tennis, like a giant tennis ball. But yeah, yeah, in, yeah, yeah, so I remember that. Uh, anyway, for me, I mean, the first game I attended was in 1970, and I remember the World Cup of 1970 very vividly, because that was the World Cup when Brazil won against Italy, 4-1 in the final, and the team had Jarzino, Rivellino... Tostau, Pele, you know, those types of players were in that team and it was just magnificent to watch. Mm. And who'd have thought that all these years later I'd be watching a City team which is actually not a million miles away from that type of football. It is absolutely what I dreamed of as a kid. And actually when I see now, and there have been a few at, at City, obviously Alano and Rubinho, um, Glauber Berti, you know, there have been Brazilian players that have played for City. I thought you might get more reaction well, from that, Glauber Berti. Yeah, yeah, I don't he know played 10 that, minutes after taking a throw in. Like but Fernandinho <laughs> plays for them and the Jesus and Edison. Alano. Brazilian, you've, as I mentioned, Alano. You've had a painful wait for that team, though. But it's City. come. It's, it's come. I know, come, come I, know. I, know, I know. Those pages. Joe, Joe, was he Brazilian? Joe. Joe, absolutely. Yeah, I remember that one. Giovanni. Giovanni, and now you're here. Diadonko Madoodle. <laughs> Stop saying names. Uh, we got some tweets in. Uh, Abdul uh, Devil on Twitter says, World Cup 98, uh, a guy okay. called Manthan, uh, said, when I first watched David Silver play, and I headed over to Manthan's uh, Twitter account, and uh, their pinned tweet is a picture with him and the lovely Ian Cheeseman. Really? He's from Florida. Fantastic. You might have met him on your uh, travels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, 
Bella says that in 1988, uh, my mum took me uh, to Main Road uh, and it was uh, the day I fell in love with City. And Lisa says, early 70s, and I'm still a Liverpool fan to this day. Uh, well, cheers, Lisa. We won't, um, you know, say anything more about that to Manchester. <laughs> Uh, my, my, yeah, my, mine was uh, when I was uh, 2002 and I was seven and we were sitting in uh, the primary school uh, gathering round, uh, it was Brazil uh, in the World Cup and we were gathering, no, we were playing Brazil, sorry, in the World Cup mm. uh, and we were gathering around and I just loved the fact that everyone was together doing the same thing and I loved that whenever big matches are on you can invite friends from all different, you know, friends that might not all support the same team but you get together, you get to see them and it's the starting point for, for people to come together and meet. If it's a drink, to eat, whatever, that's why I first fell in love with it and I'll always love it and I love this summer just because, not necessarily because of the football, because of the players who are playing it, just because it sort of brought people together a bit. Yeah. And that was mega. And I think... Uh, it's the know, fans that make but, football. Yeah. I mean, I I know that better than anybody else, especially when I'm doing what I'm doing these days, which I won't mention. No, but no, I do no, talk vlogs. to a lot of fans. Of, well, he's mentioned it again. That's twice <laughs> he's mentioned it in 17 minutes. <laughs> I, I, meet, I meet fans and I'm, I've been a fan all my life. And that is actually what football's really what, about. What I will say is now, um, what's happened with England is, yes... I think I think the millennials have finally realised what is so amazing about football. It's unscripted, unpredictable, and you can sit down with a Brazilian fan or a Croatian fan and have equally as good an experience. If you're not with, you know, these idiots that were ruining games in the 80s and 70s and stuff like that. Hopefully, that's all moved on, and and people were just were just behind the World Cup in general, but. It was so nice to see everyone behind England. It was the best. In international football at the World Cups, you do see a lot more of different uh, supporters of different teams in their colours sitting next yeah, to each other. Yeah, and yeah. I wish, I know we're very, very tribal in this country and we have this massive rivalry and anger towards our op opponents, as it were. Mm. But I wish we could, it's never going to happen, but I wish it could go back to those days where you could sit with an opposition fan and have a bit of friendly banter, like we're doing here. Yeah, we're a red, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. a blue. Yeah. We don't have a problem. No. You know? Uh, yeah. Well, well we, not, we don't let anybody just see outside the studio door. <laughs> medical problem, maybe, right? I should be able to sit next to you. I should be able to sit next to you or Alex when he's here and watch a game and have a laugh and and, and talk yeah. about it and not yeah, have a problem. Yeah. Why do people get so? Let's we're bringing the Wednesday club is bringing everything together. Uh, I want to give a shout out to mum and dad who are listening all the way in Spain. Hey, They're still in Spain uh, and Kira as well. Gentlemen, did you miss this music? Oh, we're back. We're back. <laughs> oh, this is we've got a brand new game for you. When did you know we were back when that music came on? <laughs> it's called the attendance game. It's very, very simple. I'm going to tell you some fixtures that happened over the weekend, and you're going to tell me after the break what had the most attendance. Don't know where I think I'm up. Uh, the championship was on this weekend, so I'm going to go over to you, Ian. Right. You're going to get two. Two. You're going to write down who, which one you, you think's what. Right, you ready? Okay. Do you think it was Bristol City against Nottingham Forest that ended in a one-all draw, or was it West Brom versus Bolton that ended two-one to Bolton? Steve. Yeah. Here's two for you. Who had the highest attendance? Was it Millwall versus Middlesbrough? Oh, okay. Or was it Wigan versus Sheffield United? What attendance was higher? Gentlemen and people listening at home, make sure you get that written down 
Text me in your answers, 87711, and your first love of football, these gents, are going to have about three minutes to figure it out. It's not the hardest game in the world. Have you done it already? Yeah. Coming up, we're going to be speaking about actual football, because the season isn't far away. What are you two doing? You can't confer. He, he can't, he's trying to copy off me, but we've got a different... <laughs> you've no, look in it. We've got different How matches. How can you copy? He's drawn stars and things on it, like. <laughs> There's the man who brings in a book with all these... His, his thoughts. It's the book of thoughts, it. mate. It's the book of <laughs> thoughts. The book Don't besmirch the book of thoughts. Mine's a blank bit of paper. Coming up, we're going to be talking <laughs> about thoughts. the Premier League. It is returning. I'm turning his down. It's returning on Friday. Uh, we're going to be bringing you all the latest in the preview. Wednesday Club, we'll be talking about the preview of the Premier League. This is the Manchester Football Social, the Wednesday Club. Welcome back. This is the Wednesday Club. Just getting the poll of the day ready for you. This is a question we're going to do every single time the Wednesday Club is on, so you can get involved in the show. Uh, the question. Three of us. I mean, is that going? Are they? Are the listeners involved? The listeners are involved in the show, and if you don't know that, God is it's Ian Cheeseman and Steve Shanyaski. This is the Wednesday Club, gentlemen. Let's go to our game, the attendance game. It was a very simple one, I thought. But which got the most attendance for you? Ian uh, my games were Bristol City against Forest, yep. West Brom, Bolton. Who had the most attendance? Uh, on the face of it, uh, you might go for West Brom, but I'm going to go for Bristol City. That's you're what gonna, I was going to go for. You're going to go for Bristol City. Mm. Unfortunately, you're wrong. Oh. West Brom, 25,000. Uh, Bristol City, only 22. Uh, Steve, this cheeseman during the break said this is easy, this. <laughs> Steve, you had said yours was easy. Your, oh, all right, then we oh, gave oh, up this. Oh, no. Millwall versus Middlesbrough. Yeah. Wigan versus Sheffield. Which was attended? I'm going to go Millwall versus Borough. What would you have gone for, Cheese It? Millwall. You're right. Yeah. So, Steve, the first competition of the game, yeah. you've taken it. Yours was easy. <laughs> Uh, right, I'm going to do our poll of the day, and it's a very simple one. This, by it's the way, is pre-season, so it doesn't count in the league. Oh, the yes, it goes. does. Steve's winning. It does if you're a Twitter troll. <laughs> who will concede? <laughs> they go mad for pre-season. Poll of everything. the day. Who will concede more goals in the Premier League this season? Will it be David De Gea or will it be Edison? You've got 25 minutes to cast your votes, and we will be reading the results out at the end of it. Who would you be voting for, Ian? Uh, almost they're going to say David De Gea, aren't they? Oh, what are you going to say, Steve? I'm going to say Edison. <laughs> well, there we go. And I'll uh, tell you, my reasons why is that, yes, you, the City will score more, but we'll, they'll concede more. That's my theory. And Ooh. I don't think United will have as good a season as they did last, so they'll concede more goals. I like, mm. I like your fighting talk. Uh, let's tell you about a little something that we're going to have uh, for next week's show, uh, because I should have ordered it when I was on holiday, but I forgot. Uh, it's going to be... Um, trying that old new bed out, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the new bed. <laughs> Popped it. Uh, it's going to be a Wednesday Club phone. You're going to have the number to it, and you can call it whenever you like. Can we ring it as well? You can, you can ring it, you can ring it, you can ring it. I'm pointing at people in the office. Anyone can ring this number and leave a voicemail. We obviously won't be on the other end of it, uh, but you can leave any voicemail you want. I'm not yeah. saying it's going to get played out on air, but say United get beat or City get beat or United win, City win. You want to leave us a rant, you want to leave us some praise, traffic, you get you stuck want, in yeah. traffic. Yeah. You want to ask Ian a question, you want to ask Steve a question, you want to ask me a question, you want to slag Ian off, you want, want to Alex, slag Steve ask, off. Ask Alex a question. Draw a line the slagging thing. There is going to be a phone <laughs> for you to call. <laughs> 
The number will be uh, come public. I think it's gonna. I'm gonna get it uh, tomorrow. So the number will be on Twitter tomorrow. You can call it whenever you want. Getting it ready for the first game because who knows? United could get beat by Leicester in the first game, oh, and geez. the voicemails will come flying in. Uh, so we'd like you to get involved if you ever want to be on the Wednesday Club. Uh, when the number is live, we'll make sure we get it to you. We'll definitely be on Twitter and Facebook. Leave us voicemails, whatever you want to say. Want to be part of the Wednesday Club uh, this season? Okay, gents. Time to talk about the series football, I guess. Really? Um, the uh, the game is uh, kicking off on Friday. United against United Leicester. Leicester. Steve, yeah, then first the first sort of roll of the dice goes to you, Steve. How are you feeling going into? I that feel game? a little bit knotted in my stomach. <laughs> I this transfer window thing is driving me absolutely insane. I would have thought United would have got all the business done, and maybe they have. Maybe the purchase of Fred. And the other characters that, that bought before the World Cup, or whatever it was, is all the deals that they wanted. But surely we need something stronger in, in uh, defence. And now you've got these rumours, Pogba wants to go, this, that and the other. I've got a theory that all deals are done. And everyone is just getting wound up because there's nothing else to talk about right now. Mm -hmm. All the press and everything are just looking for, for some clickbait for the websites and all this stuff. I get the feeling the deals are done, unless they sign Al Alderweireld or Maguire or something like that. But surely you would know before the World Cup that you wanted that player. My, the, what I liken it to is Valentine's Day. You've got to buy a card for the Mrs. Cheeseman before she, before she became Mrs. Cheeseman, Miss whatever it was. Still get them now when we're married. Miss, Miss Man City, 1976. <laughs> anyway... You ever buy, tried to buy a Valentine's card on Valentine's Day? Not possible. All that's left is the worst things or the most expensive useless cards. And that is exactly what the transfer window is like. You leave it this late, you're not going to get the deal that you want. And that's where we're at with it. And it's great doing analogy, my head in. Uh, it is a great analogy. analogy. Yeah. So you're saying that going into the game, you're 50-50. If, if I was to say to you that you've got the same squad... United are going to win. Look season. at the squad's amazing. The squad is amazing. Pogba, uh, Fred... Um, <laughs> don't know nothing about Fred. Fred yeah, he's Fred. He's <laughs> <laughs> a Fred, it's a Fred lad. Fred, Dave, Fred lad. Jim, it's Fred Steve. lad, isn't it? He's, he didn't need to play for the World Cup because he's that good. You've got Rashford on the right wing now, number 10. He's a new number 10. This is all the big excitement thing. Rashford is... <laughs> number 10, you know what I mean? He's got a new number on his strip, but is he going to be able to finish? That's the question. Because that was the issue last season, not finishing. Does so putting a new number on his shirt mean he's going to finish? Then I'm happy. You've got Lukaku, who's very good, very strong. But let's hope, let's hope... Let's hope that big horse doesn't tire like he seems to do. Can't put 90 Can't minutes in running about yet. De Gea. Should be the most best played, be, best paid <laughs> United nice. player. Yeah. Oh, and you got Sanchez on the left wing, oh, but yeah. dropping back because the defence isn't strong enough and all this stuff. So, um, yes, we're going to beat. We're going to beat Leicester. It's not going to be an issue. It'll be a 2 0 or something like that. But, but. But, but what we've got transfer window tomorrow, five o'clock, I think it is. We gotta buy someone else. I don't know if it's We're gonna happen. Transfer deadline day. Book club. That's all they're interested in. Oh, checkbook club. Should it Mares? Why have you even bought Mares? You don't need him. What do you need? A right, a, true, a, right yeah. a right winger who can do a bit of a dance with the football. You don't need that. I don't know why. I don't know why you've bought him. Oh, you might as buy, well buy. You might as well buy. We're not. We're not. We're not. City are not trying to, to buy the title this season. Now that they've got young players coming through, mm. 
they've got Gomez, they've got Louise, these two young kids who you don't know much about yet, but they'll burst onto the scene. You've got Folden, you've got Diaz. Well, this leads on to one of my questions then for you, Ian. I'll ask you first, you're confident going into this season then, you know, a City going to do... Well, how do you see it going? Well, first of all, they're not going to get 100 points. They're not going to break the records because that is just not going to happen. There's going to be a lot of pressure on this season to emulate what they did last year and there'll be some in the media who are out to get them. So if they drop some points early on, they'll be, they'll be gunning for them because they aren't doing what they did last season. But actually, I think keeping a steady squad, players who understand, bringing youth in, young players who've been brought through the system to try and play in the same team. And although it was only pre-season, when I was out in the States, I watched the young players playing exactly the same way that the first team play, which makes it so much easier for those players when they are ready to come in and play. And there are players who will come in and will be ready. I'm very, very confident that City uh, will have an exceptional season again. I believe they'll win the league whether they'll win it by as many points as last season, as many goals and all the rest of it, I very much doubt it, but I think they'll win the league again. I, I'm i renowned for speaking with honesty, which is, what I'm, <laughs> which is, what, which is why I'm here, and this is what I'm going to do. The, the issue I have is, it doesn't seem like United have done that much to improve the team. But to get to, get I, to you the... You just named Fred and, and... Yeah, Fred, lad, do you know what I mean? He's that. great. He's good there, but I don't know. <laughs> but, but... It's not like we've signed what I would consider something that would make you cry out. He's that good, you know what I mean? It, well, the ser- seriously, the, to just going with, out and signing expensive players isn't always the be-all and end-all, is it? This is why I'm saying the deals should have been done before the World Cup because you would know where the holes are in your team and you would you would plug those holes before, like way in advance. You'd buy the Valentine's card way in advance. Get a good price. Get the right card. Do you know what I mean? So, this is what my worry is with United. They're running around now. Join that uh, Valentine's card thing, though. Is it not a case of... It's not that the card goes up in value or the scarce. It's actually that the only ones that are left are crummy cards. Or the really and, expensive, and so when useless you, ones. You get yeah, to this stage and there's only 24 the hours, you end up getting whoever's left. Who, 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 who some other club are desperate to get money for, yeah. not the player you want. Yeah, this is why I use that analogy. It's exactly like that. You should have had it all done months ago, yeah. and that's what's worrying me now. Well, it's a worrying time, because, as you say, tomorrow's the final day, so if you if United want to strengthen, they've got to do it soon. City are done. I don't think anything is going to happen, Ian. You know, that is... You know, all done with Pep is happy with his squad, as you'd see. Uh, the question that we'd want to ask uh, for you, Ian, is uh, some, the player that you're going to keep an eye out for the most this season, someone that you think will go on and be, have an absolute world of a season, could even win player of the season for City. This time, who, who is going to stand up? This time out? last year, I actually picked out the player I'm going to pick out this year as oh, well. Oh, OK. Uh, Bernardo Silva, who uh, was, was, you know, new to the fold last year. And he did have a very good season. Actually, played in it, it, unlike it came on as a substitute a lot of the games. Right, right he, winger. He he's involved. a right winger, isn't he? Well, he's right a central mid. midfielder. Oh, okay. He can play on the right. Do a lot. Uh, he's very much in the David Silva type mould. Or nobody's exactly like David That's Silva. That's Mahrez's position. That's the only reason why I'm bringing it up. That, well, that I is, think Bernardo will play more now. central. No, I don't think they're competing for the same position. I think okay. he'll play more central. Uh, I think Mares might be competing with occasionally uh, Raheem Sterling, and if you believe the rumours, I don't know whether to believe them or not that he's asking for more money, then that's a way of forcing the issue mm-hmm. with Raheem Sterling. But I think Bernardo Silva has all the skills. All right, it was pre-season, but he he was the star player out in the states. He was a star player at Wembley, and I know he's got undoubted skill. He is the heir apparent to David Silva when he eventually moves on, and I think he's got. 
huge season ahead of him and, and he's the one I'd go for. For you, Steve, someone that you're going to be uh, quite keen on keeping your eye on at Manchester United, apart from Fred, obviously, Fred who's going to have uh, a good season for United. I want I want Lingard to have a good season. I want him to I want him to go from the strength that he he developed last year. I want him to go on to be like just this this central attacking, flighty midfielder that just comes on and wreaks havoc. What I noticed when he was playing in England was all the set pieces and stuff. He was a, usually a key part of it. If they said one thing, oh, we tra- we practiced that at the weekend and they, they scored straight from it and stuff like the guy. The guy has got great memory for sort of free kicks. He's got the speed. He's got the finishing as well, stuff like that. So, yeah, I want, I want to see Lingard go up another level. To, Willie, though, that's the question. Well, I'm going to say Willie to... to um, stop saying Willie. Willie. Can everyone stop Will. saying Willie? <laughs> Will and he? And we'll all get on with the day. Caballero <laughs> played well at the weekend for Chelsea. No, um, I, I think Bernardo Silva will have that season. <clears throat> I'm not hoping he will have it. I think he will. But, uh, I so, think, Will I think, Lingard. I yeah, yeah, he will, yeah. Right, that's what I'm just going to say, just to, just to be completely stubborn about it. Um, for you, Ian, a question what for you. What else am I going to say? A question for both of <laughs> you now. Um, uh, this is one you can have a think of, Steve. Uh, you, you say that you might win the league. Who are the three teams going to be underneath you then? Well, you've got to look at Liverpool. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think uh, they yeah. last yeah. season got better. And mm-hmm. obviously the confidence they'll have got from getting to the Champions League final. They brought a couple of players in, OK, not sure how quickly they'll settle. But you've got to look at them. Uh, and then I suppose United, because of of what they did last year, might be the, the you know the team that are just below City and Liverpool at the top. Yeah, and I, I again I'll have to speak with honesty. Um, I'm worried about you know, at Liverpool because like, now they've got Alice. They got got rid of Carriers. You know what I mean? Or getting rid of him. Well, Alice, he's Alice, still there, but Alisson's coming. Who's allegedly Brazil's number one over Edison? You know what I mean? Another another. They finally they've plugged that gap, which was the one thing that lost them the Champions League. Do you know what I mean? That buffoonery mm-hmm. in, in goal was what cost hey, it. What about, do you not go by the concussion thing then? No. What, on the snap, the snap, the left arm, Hazard's left arm, whatever it was, whoever it was. How do you so mean Salah? On Salah? Salah, yeah, Salah's uh, the, Hazard. Yeah, thing. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, that did throw me a bit when you said Hazard. <laughs> I was it was even playing no, but it was, it was Carrick. So, wait, are <laughs> it was you your three? You said Liverpool and United. Who's the third one, sorry? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, looking at Chelsea and new coach and different methods. Did you think much of Chelsea on no, the weekend? I they were I poor. poor. And, it, and they might get stronger, yeah. but it might take them a little while. They might have lost a bit of ground by then. Tottenham have got this transition where they're going to play a couple of games at Wembley, <laughs> then they're going to move into the new stadium. And, and and they're just not, they're never quite there, yeah. are they? Arsenal have got a new coach. They're going through a bit of turmoil. Mm. So I don't really see any threat coming from anywhere else. I do see United behind the scenes. It feels instinctively things are not right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with the, the rumours. It feels very Mourinho third season. Yeah, yeah. It was Ramos I was talking about. But um, yeah, that that's the issue. That's the issue I've got is the Mourinho. Ramos the, and Hazard yeah. and similar players. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah, understand the mix. Yeah, yeah. So you've got uh, it's, for you. It, it's the vibe at United. I know it's all press trying to find um, sound bites and stuff for the for the uh, papers, but Mourinho is a moody, miserable character, and surely that rubs off onto the players. So therefore, you've got two teams in the Premier League who seem to be fairly steady and yeah. happy camps, and those are City and Liverpool. And then the rest of them at the moment, I don't really see any anything consistent and solid. But under Mourinho. It tends to be that he can make his team consistent, mm. not give goals away. So I can't see them not. I can't see them being far away, but I don't see them making a title push. For you, Steve. Then uh, just quick before we go to a break, who's going to win the league? What are you doing to me? Who's going to win the league? What? Well, 
well, unless anything drastically has changed, it's probably going to be City. And then who's going to be in the top four? United. Oh, yeah, United. Liverpool. And your fourth and one? And I'm going to go for Arsenal, just as a yeah. complete... Uh, because Chelsea are in a nightmare situation. Spurs are floating about, but I think that sort of Liverpool, that, sort of that London thing, I think I think of those two, Arsenal are going to come through with Unai Emery really trying to prove something. We're going to take a break, but after the break, we're going to be talking about our Team of the Week. Now, Team of the Week is a brand new feature where we're going to select a team that is out in Great Manchester, that are bringing football to their community. If it's the under-7s, under-8s, under-9s, we're going to be speaking to a man called Matthew Orne, whose dad, Stan Orne, you know very well, yep. used to play for Manchester City. Uh, he is the uh, the secretary at Ramsbottom, and we'll be speaking more to Matthew right after this. This is the Manchester Football Social, the Wednesday Club. Hello there. Afternoon, my name is Joe McGrath. Big shout out to Lucy who's listening in Spain. Uh, she's a big fan of the Wednesday Club. She loves the show. Glad we're back. Uh, and we are back. My name is Joe McGrath. I, uh, I'm here every Wednesday for you with Steve Shanyaski. Hello, Steve. Hello. And Ian Cheeseman. Hello, Ian. You all right? Uh, the, I mean, I'm all right. You're okay. <laughs> okay. Do you want to leave early? <laughs> no, 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 I've got no, another holiday. In detention. Uh, right. This is uh, a brand new feature for the Wednesday Club, and it's something we decided to do uh, because we talk about the big money makers in football, but we look at. Uh, the grassroots side of it and we want to uh, uh, dedicate a little section of the show to brand new uh, not to brand new clubs but to clubs that are out in the Great Manchester area that are bringing football to the heart of the community uh, we want you to submit your team so if you've got a son who plays for someone if you play for someone on a Sunday whatever it is submit your team on Twitter at Excess Manchester and we'll get them on for a chat we should have uh, a guy from called Matthew on, on the phone hello Matthew Hello, good evening, chaps. It's quite formal, that Matthew. Can I call you Matt? <laughs> you can, yeah. How you, you doing, Matt? Are you well? Really good, mate. Yeah, not bad at all, thanks. Matt, yeah, you, you are our first team of the week, but can you tell me the team of the week who you are? Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, we are Ramsbottom United Junior Football Club. Correct. How did he know that? That's crazy. That's crazy. Right, now, tell me, Ramsbottom United, uh, what age range does it go from? Because I spoke to you before, and there is lots of yeah. different teams at Ramsbottom. Well, we were founded about 10 years ago, um, and we've grown um, over those years to about 40 teams now, from under-6s right through to under-21s, including a a growing girls section now, which is good to see. Um, And we provide football to about 400 children and young adults in, in in the area. Um, we're uh, in the north of the borough of Berry, um, near the Greater Manchester Lancashire border, um, and we have teams playing in a few different divisions, uh, like the Bolton and Berry District uh, Football League, the North Berry Junior Football League, uh, East Lancs Football Alliance, and the East Manchester Junior Football League. And you're in charge of all them. You're in charge of over 40 teams uh, as, as the secretary. It's a lot of work. Yes, um, it takes up a lot of my time, and uh, it's like a full-time job on top of a full-time job. But uh, you know, I love it, and that's why I do it. So uh, I get great pleasure out of it, and uh, you know, it's great to be a part of it. I think one of the points why we wanted to get this on is because we wanted to give uh, clubs like you a bit of a plug. So if there is any way people can get involved in in Ramsbottom FC that are in the area and might want to get down, uh, you encourage people to do that. 
Yeah, absolutely. We'd like to uh, include as many people as possible, whether you're good, bad or indifferent. That'll be um, me, the, you know, the last one. <laughs> <Indifferent>. <laughs> we can sort you out, don't worry. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can contact us through our website, which is uh, ramiutdjfc.co.uk. We'll make sure we tweet or, that as yeah. well, so if yeah. you need the link, we'll tweet can, that. Uh, you can email me directly at secretary at ramiutdjfc.co.uk and we'll get you involved. You just answered a question I was going to ask you, actually. Um, I, I seem to remember... Correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a Rams Bottom United. This is Ian Cheeseman. Yeah, it's Ian, yeah. Ian Cheesy. You're right. Um, the, yeah, the Rams Bottom United were a club, and you say you're relatively new and you're Rams Bottom FC. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, we, we've got a senior side that play in step four of the non-league system, the Evo Stick League, um, and that's been going around for 50 years plus now. Um, ah, right. Chairman Harry not, Williams is, is well known in the local area. You're um, not separating out like a glazer out thing with United. <laughs> no, no, nothing, nothing like that at all. You know, we consider ourselves as one club, although we do operate under LFA numbers. Um, but, you know, the, the junior section was created about 10 years ago by two chaps who, who need a special mention, really. Um, one of which is, is Andy Hall, who has been chairman for those last 10 years, um, and Chris Standrin, who was the previous secretary. And it was their vision to create um, a, a player pathway for, for local young lads to um, try and get into semi-pro football um, and, and feed our first team with, with local young talent. And, and that's starting to pay off. Um, we've had five lads play in the first team um, over the last couple of seasons, uh, one of which, Oliver Standring, which is Chris Standring's son, uh, is the first lad to go right the way through the age groups and, and get a first team appearance, which was against um, Bernard and John O's Chester FC uh, a couple of weeks ago, Mega. who were our previous managers before they were at Salford. Okay, uh, it's, so a small, really nice. it's a small world, isn't it? It, uh, it is, it is. Well, I want to thank you for being our first, uh, obviously, team of the week. You, you've uh, got someone, Ian Cheeseman here, uh, knows yeah. your dad. Ian, who, who, who's his so. dad? Uh, well, yeah, uh, Stan Holm was a, was a City player back in the day. I've, I've been at various events where Stan has been there, you know, all former player golf days and stuff like that. Lovely fella. Um, so give him my regards and it's not, nice to know. I spoke to him uh, today and told him that I'd probably be speaking to you. He asked me to ask you if your golf's got any better. No. <laughs> have, you got that, have you got that money you owe him? Well, it's nice to know as well, on a serious note, that what you're doing, as well as supporting players to potentially go into a first team of a club is that it's fanned down to a lot of others and you know and I know that a lot of the, the people who come along to your clubs, the juniors, are never going to make it yeah, but actually right. to be involved yeah, and to, to get to play, to get the health play. benefits and, and the yeah. camaraderie and everything like that yeah. is just right. as important as anything else. Perfect. Oh, that's uh, right, yeah, absolutely right. Matt, thank you very much uh, and all the best. We'll make sure we tweet out uh, the links to, for people to get involved and thank you very much for being our first team of the yeah, week. Amazing, that's Cheers, Matt. Cheers, Matt. Oh, wonderful. And if you've got a team of the week you want to submit, if it's just a local team in your area, make sure you tweet me at Access Manchester. We'll get them on. Just a simple plug to make sure anyone who doesn't know uh, they can get involved in football. Uh, and, and any team, really. We spoke about this off air. It's not just football. Any other sport, really. Go on, chuck it in. We'll, we'll get stuck in. Uh, gents, well, one thing that Ian does is he, uh, he doesn't like to predict any score lines <laughs> of individual so games of individual games so we're going to thought we're going to broaden this out and we're going to do a brand new thing where we're going to predict the goals of the weekend so the set matches in the Premier League and the cards 
the yellow cards and the red cards combined. Oh, you want reds as well? Well, yeah, should we do reds as well? Throw it all in there. How many, how many red cards do you think there's going to be? Oh, two. So you've got to predict for me how many goals is going to be in a weekend in the Premier League and how many uh, yellow and red cards is going to be. Alex is going to also uh, get involved. Now, if you don't know, Alex is uh, also part of Wednesday Club. Uh, him and Steve are on Alternative Week, so he's messaged his. I'm going to go first with Alex's. Are you ready? ready? He yeah. thinks that there's going to be 55 goals this weekend. And this one really got me out to double check. He wrote it down right. 66 cards. What? Is that, is that kind of stuff that you're going for? Right, Ian, what are you going for? Uh, I'm going to go for 35 goals. Okay, 35, bit less. Uh, 20 yellow cards and two red. So that is that's, that's what, uh, 22 in total. And Steve, Steve's you're doing his work. You're no, out now, are you? Steve's got his pen and paper. What are you doing? Just, I'm just writing down what I'm going to say. <laughs> What's you the can't crack? do that. Where's he writes it down. He can't well, speak. What are you going to say? Hello, I am Steve. Zero red. Your piece of Le- paper? Let's shush. Zero <laughs> red cards. I think you're living in fantasy land there. 27 yellows. <laughs> and I'm going for 41 of those glorious goals, 40 of which will be against Leicester. You <laughs> <laughs> know what I mean? Uh, love it, right. So we're going to keep the tally on that. We're gonna, the closest wins, basically. Uh, the closest wins. And I think you should get three points if you get anything spot on. Okay? Mm, okay? So there we go. So we'll keep an eye on that and see who comes out trumps at the end of the season. A um, couple of things to talk about was our poll of the day has just ended. Uh, who will concede more goals in the Premier League this season? And it is. Uh, we had uh, near, we had a lot of votes. Fifty-two percent of the vote has gone to David De Gea. Fifty-two percent. It's like Brexit again. <laughs> it's Brexit all over again. This is worse. Uh, and then Edison and forty-eight show uh, City fans. Four uh, percent don't know. Four <laughs> percent. Uh, yeah, and that, and that is, is that. We're coming that was to a crucial bit. That four percent could have sent it either way. <laughs> Let's not get into uh, into that. Um, let's talk then about the the game that's coming up: Leicester against Manchester United yeah. and Arsenal against Manchester City. Uh, the first games for our Manchester clubs in the Premier League. Leicester um, have a sort of okay season last season. They're not. They're not. Strengthen. They're not Leicester. The, the what the I'm saying is you'd expect. City, uh, United to beat Leicester. I do, I do. I got a two-nil feeling about it. I think, I think it's going to be a clean shoot, United, and um, I think they're just going to score two and shut up shop. Is what I, usually is the plan, Mourinho. Anyway, is to score quickly and, and close the door, part the bus, as they say. Um, the the weird thing is, is your opening game, Arsenal. That's a, that that's a challenge. That because they got a new manager. I think they're going to be, you know, they're going to want blood, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a good game. I would have thought that. Hopefully, I mean, just to come back to Leicester against mm. United. Yeah. If I was, to, if you were to say to me, yeah, let's which, focus I thought, on that. which I thought you would do, you okay. know, who's going to go down? Because you talked about who's going to win the league. I kind of don't know about you know going what? down. Leicester are my my tip. To Leicester are going to go down. Yeah. Ooh, that's, wow. a, that's a good bit of a tip there for you. So, the, so on that basis, yeah, I think United will win comfortably. Now, as far as United, <laughs> uh, City, and Arsenal's concerned. Uh, yeah, any time of the season other than right at the beginning, I would say that's tough. But actually, I, I'm, I'm hoping and thinking that the fact that Arsenal are a new team with a new manager might actually play into City's 
hands because City okay. are an established team, established pattern, playing played well at the, in the Charity Shield, Community Shield, and so I'm and they did well against them last year twice in in, in a week they beat them in the cup final and then beating them down there in the league and I'm I'm expecting the same sort of thing this weekend to be honest. But if it was six weeks into the season and and Arsenal had had the chance to get going and get mm. get get a pattern that would be a tougher game so actually quite relieved that City play this one early on and get it out of the way yeah I, and like good I theory see, yeah I get can, it you'll say a lot about the teams of the week can you see how Arsenal set up uh, your eyes even beyond, beyond maybe our Liverpool play you're just focusing on City I think it, it, it takes a few weeks before you, you really get to see how other teams are playing so at this stage why worry about anybody else mm-hmm. you just do your own thing suppose West Ham have just had a look Liverpool West Ham that's just, they're just going to trunch them I would as, as obviously uh, Pellegrini used to be a, a city manager do you think what impact is he actually going to have over West Ham are you expecting him to be a, 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 a different force the trouble is that West Ham are a little bit of turmoil off the pitch aren't they you know they've had all this aggro about moving into the new stadium there's a bit of a split then with the, the fans, fans and pointing and shouting yeah at the absolutely scaring um, the kids and all of them so scenes but, terrible I mean, scenes Pellegrini was like uh, the, yeah. the oil and the water he was a calming influence he was a great manager mm-hmm. of City and did very well if he's allowed to actually be that at West Ham with a bit of time I think he can make them alright but it's that's a, a club that's got choppy waters written all over yeah. it. So choppy oily waters, indeed, with, <laughs> yeah. with Pellegrini's influence. So but with oil in the water, it's you set fire to it, burns your boat down, mate. I, I, I hope not because I, I really like Manuel <laughs> Pellegrini, but I, I, I fear that they could be down there scrapping for survival as well. Oh again. yeah, definitely, definitely. Who knows? Uh, we're going to go now. It's, 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 our it. time is over. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to the podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe. Uh, we've got I'll... 35 more Wednesday shows to go. <laughs> well, we've only got 45 left. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter as well. What's your Twitter, Ian? At Ian Cheeseman. As simple as that. That's Steve Shanyaski. Steve Shanyaski. How do you spell that? I'll I'll ask how you spell Shanyaski. We've only got about half an hour left. (laughs) Uh, And mine is Joe McGrath, 95. Find us uh, at Access Manchester as well. Uh, We've been a Wednesday Club. Thank you very much. We'll be back next Wednesday, obviously. And we'll have lots and lots to talk about. already. Download the podcast, subscribe and watch on YouTube as well. We've filmed every episode. It's going to be on YouTube tomorrow about midday. See you soon. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.